Welcome back to Gobbler's Gulch. Episode 52. The Beautiful Benefits of the Best Kind of Hope. Just after the babbling brook whisked lump and squish away to save Hazel, Copper and Gruff snapped into action. They knew that even under the best circumstances, that is, if Hazel returns and indeed has the witch's hammer, then there will be hordes of goblins, throngs of tuxedo-wearing bat-winged toads, and likely a host of other nasty creatures that will have to be dealt with, which is much more than a handful of orphans can handle. So against their better judgment, against everything they know about pushing luck, bucking the odds, taking chances, and tempting fate, they hurry to the port of a thousand albatross, where every bird in the harbor casts upon them a sidelong glance. No matter. They aren't there to indulge the curiosity of seabirds. They're there to commandeer a ship. Unfortunately, the only one available is the bunkum barge. It'll have to do. Using scraps they find in the piles of garbage on the bunkum barge itself, they cobble together a small mast. The bunkum barge moves by way of pole, which won't get one too far in the depths of the mellifluous sea. Avast ye! Oi! Why anchor and hoist the mizzen? They catch a small breeze and sail out of the port. At first, only a veteran swab can tell they aren't actual day-in, day-out professional pirates. They're laying a course, making speed and keeping her steady, no matter if they're going about hard to starboard or going about hard to port. But then, as these things happen, the attacks come. First, a giant octopus stops them dead in the water. It's hard to say whether or not it's the same giant octopus that plucked off Gruff's mother's head all those years ago, but when seven of its eight tentacles come after Gruff while the eighth defends Copper's attempts to intervene, it does seem that it has a certain taste for Gruff. As if the giant octopus isn't enough, the second attack comes by way of cannonballs, fired at will from a goozler ship in the distance. Octopus meat, after all, makes for good goozler grub. Cannonballs kerplunk in the waters all around them. Just as tentacles wiggle all over the deck of the bunkum barge. If there are anything in the whisperings that would have made Copper and Gruff reconsider their recent dismissal and disavowal of luck, bad or otherwise, It's a giant octopus and cannonballs fired at will. Thankfully, though, the magnanimous league of the mellifluous sea merpeople breach all around the waters of the bunkum barge. Diving and flipping and flying out of the water in a great display of marine acrobatics. As hungry as the giant octopus is for filet of gruff, it knows better than to trifle with merpeople, magnanimous or not. And as hungry as the goozler are for octopus tartare, they know the same. A quick shift of the sails and a propulsion or two of tentacles, and the octopus and the goozler ship are near clear of the horizon. 
Gruff and Copper hunker down in the bunk and barge, reluctant to engage the merfolk, who were like fairies, generally benevolent, but catch one waking up on the wrong side of the current, and you'll likely feel it upside your head. Since neither Copper nor Gruff engage, the mermaids engage them. A wave rises up and crashes onto the deck of the bunkum barge. And when the water washes away, an older mermaid, perhaps the queen, sits before them, her coral-colored tail swaying up and down. Long, silky hair, a mix of silver and gray and white, drapes over her bare shoulders and breasts. As elegant a living thing as Copper or Gruff has ever seen. Are you two the same who bartered with the babbling brook, giving her mermaid glass and a comb of bones? Gruff and Copper know better than to lie to mermaids. They can see through the dark depths of the mellifluous sea, so they'll certainly see through any little white lie. Aye, we be the ones that traded with that Jabba Joe and drink. We had little Thay. She was angling to feed the fish with our mates. You can rest easy, pirates. We mean you no harm. Sink me. She she be calling us pirates, Gruff. My, my ears be free of wax. I heard her be calling us pirates. Blimey! Well, of course you're pirates. Who other than pirates could have made this hovel sail? Copper bites his lip. Gruff bites the inside of his cheek, both doing his best to stifle the emotions. Nobody of any authority, mermaid or otherwise, has ever referred to them as pirates, and it feels like a strong wind against their sails. Regarding the babbling brook, she told us all about your dealings. She'd be liking to squawk that one. Yes, and she squawked about two pirates who gave up mermaid relics for the benefit of friends. We mermaids know pirates. We know how much luck figures into your decisions, and we know how difficult it must have been to surrender those relics. Ah, it'd be benefiting us more to get rid of them. The mermaid leans forward to emphasize what she's about to say. All the same, it was magnanimous. And nothing moves us merfolk like magnanimity. We're at your service. Blow me down! Oh, me timbers be shivering! Copper's timbers are absolutely shivering, because it's unquestionably an honor and a boon, some might even say a great stroke of beneficial luck, to have merfolk on your side. We accept your offer to become matey! Oi, now, first order of business. Do you be knowing the whereabouts of the scream of the sea? We might. We just might. Thanks for listening. On the next Cobbler's Gulch. The Funny Smelling Goblin. In the meantime, practice magnanimity. It's fun to say, and it's even better to experience. <laughs> <laughs>